Welcome to the podcast. The Middle East and North Africa have a population of about half a billion people and some of the youngest populations on the planet. So how can your company sell into the region? There's different business and regional cultures. Today we meet Declan O'Mahony, who's been helping companies do this for 10 years. Declan is the founder of the O'Mahony Group based in Dubai. It's a fascinating insight into how he builds relationships with customers and helps companies recruit new customers in the region. I really like this podcast and Declan picks a rare jam of his song to play out on. This podcast is sponsored by Netzer, Digital First Selling. During these times of COVID and falling telco sales, Digital First Selling is the answer to new customer acquisition, increasing revenues and cost reduction. If you are a telco, an MVNO or an eSIM provider, we have the ideal Digital First Selling as a Service solution for you. The Netzer Digital First Selling solution enables you to sell and onboard remotely. You will integrate with your BSS and OSS systems and with Salesforce, and we meet all regulatory requirements. Contact pat.flynn at netzer.com so that we can understand your issues and provide you with the best solution. Welcome to the podcast this week, and we have a great guest with Declan O'Mahony from either Kerry or Dubai. I'm not sure which Declan, but first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Pat. Thanks for having me. Not at all. It's brilliant to have you. So Declan is the founder and CEO of the O'Mahony Group, which is based in Dubai, and he's going to tell us about it. And it's, I think for people who are looking to export, it's going to be a really interesting conversation. But first, Declan, let's go back to your, your roots. You, you're, you're Irish, obviously. Yeah, you started working in Ireland, I think, back in the 90s. But what were you doing? What was your first job? Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, God, a long time ago now, Pat, <laughs> uh, 30 years ago, I started out actually as, a, as an analyst programmer. Um, so back doing COBOL and, uh, and UniBasic and these kind of things. Um, I actually started working for a, an offshoot of a, of a company called Memory Computers. Uh, some of the older people listening might remember that Memory was a, 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 an Irish uh, computer company. Uh, Very successful, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and they, they actually made their own um, PCs and, and this kind of thing. So they were very, you know, very successful. Unfortunately, uh, went out of business just towards the end of the 80s, uh, and I started working for a company called uh, Cybex, which was a company that, that took over uh, some of their their assets. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, yeah, and that was a great company. I mean, they had many, they had great, they had great customers at the time, and it was really, uh, you know, a way to get get my teeth into um, you know programming and uh, and analysis and you know back in those days I mean you were literally coding on you know the the, the, syst- the customer systems I mean there was very little uh, there was very little lab testing and this <laughs> kind of stuff so um, but yeah that's where I started off and then sort of you know the the mid nineties I'd moved to um, a company called Aldiscon and Aldiscon is a company most Irish people will will never have heard of. Um, but the, the company actually became the biggest supplier of text messaging systems in the world 
Um, yeah, I, I, and obviously we, we met there, but it's, yeah, uh, Declan, it's really incredible how seminal that company is and the talent, I'm not praising myself here, but and not the talent of the people who went through that company and where they went, such as yourself, to be honest. Yeah, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put myself <laughs> into the same frame now Plenty as some of the guys. Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, no, but listen, the, the 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 team there. I mean, that that company was just it was a fantastic company. It really was ahead of its time. I mean, even even the way it was structured at the start. I mean, everyone was empowered to kind of you know to do your job. There was very little micromanagement. Um, mm-hmm. I arrived in on on day one as a project manager. You know. I was handed, you know, uh, I was handed some some uh, some invoices uh, from a, a customer. I think it was Estonia that had just had just bought a system, uh, and uh, essentially my instructions were uh, deliver that. Thank you, Declan. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so it was. And listen, I mean, but, but all the people who came through there, I mean, I'm still great friends with 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 many of them, but. You know Larry Quinn and uh, and Gilbert Little and all of those guys who 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 you know who set up that company. Uh, I think anyone who worked for the company has such great fond memories of it. Yeah, so uh, sure. you know it it really was great. So it was uh, uh, like a lot of young Irish people who were got when as you say you went there you walked in the door you're given a plane ticket and a job go do it. And people, yeah. people developed and matured and learned, and that's I think what was the, the key to its success. Yeah, it's it's funny because I remember um, sitting in the office actually one day, and I got a call, and it was a headhunter in the in the UK, uh, and this guy said he said Declan, yeah, um, listen, came across your your name, you know, we we we'd really like to um, you know have a chat with you with a, with a, our client in the UK. Uh, he said, uh, "What's what's your project management experience?" And he was asking for you know qualifications, maybe Prince or any of these mm-hmm. kind of things. None of which I had. Uh, and I said, "Really?" I said, "I think Jeremy was the guy's name." I said, "Jeremy, I, the, really, I only have one qualification, and it's uh, the, it's called GID." And he said, uh, "Oh, GID? I haven't heard of that one, Declan. Uh, what's that?" And I said, "It's get it done." <laughs> so he said. Uh, he said, "Oh yeah." He said, "My client is that uh, they're really going to want to meet you, you know," and and that I think that was the the ethos of uh, of all sure. this gone. You know, you just you just got in and got it done and got paid and moved on. So yeah, was, no, it was it was definitely it had that essence in it. I, was, I really thought that was a fantastic company. Okay, Declan. So I mean, at at some stage you ended up in Dubai. Now, how did that occur? Yeah. So. So I moved to Dubai with with uh, with Aldous Gone. Aldous Gone had at that by that time uh, been bought by a company called Logica, which was a large UK uh, consultancy company, um, and they had a base in uh, in Dubai. So, so I moved to Dubai uh, in uh, in two, two, early two thousand. Um, I actually had to look it up because uh, at the time at the time when I moved down, you know nobody knew what you know where or who dubai was <laughs> everyone knows now but at the yeah. time i mean literally it was uh it was it was a, a you know a place you had to look up in the map i mean my my mom still says that i mean that that you know if anyone asks where declan is she says oh he's in saudi he's in saudi <laughs> you know he's gone to saudi and Sorry, yeah, for kind of question, but dubai definitely is um has developed a huge brand in the last 20 years Oh yeah, it's been it's been it's been phenomenal. Just uh, 
I mean, everything that since 2000, I mean, even the landscape, you know, uh, even where I live currently in Dubai is, uh, is <laughs> wasn't there in 2000 <laughs> when, I, when, I, uh, when I came down. It was just, it's just been phenomenal. I mean, the, the, the rate of, of, of growth. And it's, you know, Dubai is, is I suppose, it's very different from other, other countries and other, um, you know, other similar types of government where Dubai really has uh, invested. And indeed the UAE, they've invested the, the money back into the country and back mm-hmm. into the, the people. Uh, and you can see that. I mean, I'm sure many, many people listening have been down uh, in Dubai so you can see, you know, you can see that you yeah. can see that investment. You it's know. great, great infrastructure, and it is. So, you, tell us, you founded a company called. Now, I'll just I'll just explain for people the O'Mahony Group, but uh, in Irish pronunciation, be O'Mahony Group. But yes. uh, obviously, for people who might be used to Irish consonants, you're, it's the O'Mahony Group uh, when you're doing business. So, tell us a bit about that. What What do you guys do? Yeah. So, so in about. Uh, so in 2010, I had started to think about just companies trying to establish themselves in the in in the Middle East and try to establish their products. And I'd seen, you know, during my time in the sort of ten years um, from sort of 2000 to 2010, while I while I was in Dubai, I'd just kind of seen companies being hesitant to mm-hmm. come to the region and just being a bit uncertain. I mean, the Middle East, uh, it's it. It's Muslim countries, it's different working days of the week, all of this kind of stuff. And they were just hesitant. So I kind of I decided to start the, um, the O'Mahony Group then just as a way to give these companies the benefit of my, my experience in the region. And, and that's, that was the idea. And then we really wanted to be something different from, we didn't want to just become like a, 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 an agency company right. where, you know, you... you, you somebody rings you and says, okay, we'd like you to work with us. Uh, you just become like a, some, you know, like a finder or, sure. or some company just rings, you know, rings you up and says, yeah, I've got a contact here. That'll be $10,000, please. Um, we didn't want to be that. The, the companies, as I said, the companies wanted the benefit of our experience. So, so the way I like to describe it is that we, we act as an extension of the sales team. Mm-hmm. So, so by that I mean, you know, we will uh, we will go to our contacts, we will we will generate the interest in a in a product or a service, and then we bring it all the way through to hopefully PO and contract stage, and in a lot of in a lot of cases we we still actually uh, have gone on and and sort of look after the account management of 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 the you know the mm-hmm. business that we've won. So, um, so what's a typical uh, company that you work with? What what do they look like? Um, generally, they're they're SMEs, uh, Pat. Um, you know, there's there's smaller companies who are just who, who who maybe have a product that they've tried to launch in Europe or maybe in the states, and they they feel that it's a good fit uh, in the Middle East. It, it, generally, I suppose the, the 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 type of clients that we've worked with have been, I suppose, more on the small of. In the SME part, in the small part, more of the small rather than the medium, uh, and especially some uh, some startup type companies that we've worked with, mm-hmm. um, and that's been that's been something that that that's been great uh, over the last uh, ten years since we started. Because in some cases we've worked with 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 very small companies where the deals that we've done 
have been anything up to 80% of their revenue in that yeah, year. That's a lot. You know? yeah. And seeing that you're, that, that you're contributing uh, to that company in that way, uh, it, it's a great feeling. Not all the companies are startups, of course. You know, we've worked with several fantastic Irish companies that were not exclusively Irish, of course, focused. But uh, companies in Ireland, I mean, we've got, you know, Alex Duncan and his team over at Open Mind Networks, some of you may know. Uh, just fantastic, well-run company. We were delighted to be able to help them in the region. Uh, Joe yeah, Hogan. I, I know a little bit about that company, all right. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, the guys over at OpenNet, uh, Joe Hogan, Paul Saunders, you know, those guys. Uh, much uh, Another fantastic uh, company. Another fantastic company yeah. um, and kind of an exception for us because they were actually a very large company when, mm. when we were mm. dealing with them. And they're now, of course, uh, just uh, just being bought by uh, Amdocs. Companies like NASC Technologies, uh, who we work with at the moment, I mean, they're doing some really fantastic things in AI for uh, for mobile networks and fiber networks. Mm-hmm. And just very recently, we've started to to work in the uh, in the cybersecurity area. We're working with one of the um, one of the top U.S. cyber companies uh, in this area, just because, particularly in the last you know, year we've seen how important cyber has become uh, to businesses, mm-hmm. you know. And sorry, Adek, what do people need? What's different about selling in the Middle East over other parts of the world? What what do you guys bring that, that makes a difference? I think that it, the key thing is is being local. I suppose it's no different from um, from an account manager dealing with a company in Dublin, for example. If that account manager is based in Dublin, then and can visit the client regularly, then it makes for a, a good relationship. If that account manager was based in the States or Dubai or somewhere else, the, the, the customer in Dublin might not be so keen. So, uh, and so it is for companies here, but it's, but it's, it's, it's even more important here because mm-hmm. I think the, the, with, the, um, with the, the Arab culture, they like, they like to see you sitting in front of them. You know, they like to kind of to, you know, see you in the flesh, look you in the eye, and in general, you know, I found when, when you go to meetings and you're, you're sitting across from somebody, you know, when they say something to you uh, and they commit to something, then it, then it happens. It's not a case of through this many times in, in Europe where you're sitting across from a guy and he says, yes, you know, absolutely, we're going to, we're going to proceed with that, uh, Declan. And then two weeks later, it's like, yeah, well, my, my boss's boss said that, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. we're not going to go ahead now. So... But in the Middle East, it's a different. I think it's a different. It's a different right. way of doing things. So yeah. yeah. And uh, have you? Is the customer? I think the old saying, "The customer is always right." You, you were telling me a story about how the customer was right one time. I think it was in relation to a company you had to go somewhere. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, the, it, the customer is always right. Of course, it's a, it's a great expression, but particularly in the Middle East, and it, just in terms of. Uh, simple things. I mean, going to meetings or uh, arranging for calls or different things. So, yeah, have you had any unusual experiences dealing with customers in the Middle East? Um, well, I, I I wouldn't like to say unusual, Pat, but certainly they're <laughs> they're different experiences, you know. And I think that's something that 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 can be a, a little bit of a, a challenge uh, to companies coming into the region. So, you might, for example, go to a go to a meeting. Where, or I might have brought a client to a meeting where the meeting was supposed to start at, you know, two o'clock, 
but actually it gets, you know, you arrive to find that, uh, that the, the CEO of the company has called an executive meeting at short notice and therefore your meeting is postponed until the next day. Your client might have a, a flight back to wherever the next day and it's a whole, it's a, it's a, a whole thing to, to rearrange. This is the kind of thing that sometimes happens. Um, right, right. Um, and in one, in one particular case, I remember myself, uh, a trip that I took to, uh, to Saudi Arabia, going to, um, to meet uh, a senior uh, person in, uh, in Saudi Telecom at the time. And yeah, I had arranged to go down. And for anyone who's, who's gone to Saudi, you'll know that you know, it, takes, it takes a bit of planning. You need visas and you mm-hmm. need a lot of stuff done up front. Any, long story short, anyway, I went down there. <laughs> Um, got across uh, across the city. You know, Riyadh is uh, you know is, is quite heavy traffic there. Uh, got to the uh, got to the, the building. Got to the office. This gentleman, uh, he was uh, he was Abdullah. He said uh, his PA was there. He said, "Yes, uh, Mr. Declan, you are here for for what exactly?" I said, "I'm here to meet uh, Abdullah." He said, uh, "But there there's no meeting today." I said, "Yes, uh, I have. You know, we've confirmed it." And he said, Mr. Abdullah is in Egypt. And uh, <laughs> I said, uh, oh, okay. You know, so literally I had to just say, okay, thanks very much. And, uh, you know, back in the Shook taxi. Up, back really? yeah. yeah. And uh, like now the, the, the conclusion to that story is that Abdullah was back in touch with me. He extremely apologetic. I, I saw him again two weeks later. And we ended up doing a couple of million dollars in business uh, with the client company at the time. So, well, it was you know. Brilliant, huh? It, so it's not that they're that, and I don't want to be disparaging to to all my uh, my Middle East uh, friends <laughs> that that this is the norm because he was extremely apologetic and exactly that had happened. He'd mm. been called to uh, he'd been called to something at short notice. And, yeah, uh, yeah, I found that uh, Declan and I did work with Zane in Kuwait and other parts. The courtesy of people, the people are very courteous. Um, yes. you know it's it's hard sometimes as understanding and says understand the structure of a company. But I've never felt demeaned. Um, there might have been some cases where there was a misunderstanding about times or something. I found people very courteous. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely is. I mean, and I found I found that for me, I found that that, that, that the Arab people are very, very, very like Irish people, really, except more courteous. You know, <laughs> so um, we have a similar sense of humor. I find that uh, a lot of people have, you know, they've they've maybe studied in Ireland or they've they've visited Ireland. So so when you meet them um, for the first time, it can be. I mean, you, you know, you could have a thirty minute discussion about about Ireland and you know time in Ireland, or and you know a lot of them equally have have gone to the UK to study sure. uh, or the States. And but it does. It's it's a it's a it's a great very travelled. Uh, generally speaking, I found people to be very travelled and aware yes. of the international situation so exactly exactly yeah so so h- how do people contact you well i'm on uh, i'm on linkedin past that's uh, that's probably the um, the easiest uh, way or if you uh, if you want to type in uh, the the O'Mahony group uh, dubai into google uh, you'll find us and yeah so yep okay. And uh, like I, I've known you through the years, I know you're very um, you've great integrity, and I know what you say is what you do, uh, Declan. So I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Okay, uh, the tradition on the podcast is the guest gets to nominate the outro tune. So, what what did you pick for us? 
Um, it, probably a little bit unusually, but I've picked a song from you too called uh, Magnificent. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, this, uh, and this song came out in 2009, just at a time when I was thinking about leaving my nice, safe uh, VP sales job uh, and going out <laughs> on my own. Um, so, um, so it was kind of, you know, a soundtrack to my, to my life at the time. Um, you know, it's not one of their biggest hits, but I do think it's one of their uh, their best songs. It's a beautiful uh, song. A beautiful yeah. song. So, um, and it's you know, it just it, in the soundtrack to my life, it's it's one of those songs that that represents a kind of a, a significant point. Yeah, so, can, yeah. just as like Irish people tend to denigrate their own, shall we say? And you two gets a hard time sometimes, but uh, particularly Bono maybe. But yeah. I have to say, for stamina, creativity, innovation, the quality of work over i don't know maybe 30 40 years now it's just incredible yeah it is and i mean you know all you have to do is look at the rolling stones you know they can sell out a gig uh, tomorrow if they if there wasn't covid etc uh, they could sell out a gig in the morning but they're playing songs that are from that they've no new material for the last mm. 30 years whereas you two have just Absolutely. reinvented themselves and come out with new you know new new stuff regularly which is arguably as good as, <laughs> as the, the initial stuff so, um, oh, so yeah long so Bono, we forgive you so yes. <laughs> thanks Dagle. thanks for having me Pat.